Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey, I got a question for you. Do you find that once your curiosity is satisfied, it's hard to keep being excited about something? Or maybe, do you find that once you're in the groove of something, you're ready to move on to the next thing? Yeah. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we talk about how to keep showing up or how to show up daily. Oh, yes. I'll see you on the flip. Hello, my beloved. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's talk. I want to just say, keep showing up. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever it is that you know you need to do, just keep showing up. And I say that to not only you, but to me too. And so when I was looking at all of the different topics that I have scheduled, I didn't want to do them today because I was like, "Mm, something else wants to have its say. You see, I'm, I'm learning as I come to you guys every day and humble myself and submit myself to share these things and speak into the void and hope and pray that what I'm saying is scratching where you're itching. I'm also determined to take a pause and to listen and try to sense if there is something that needs to be said. And so I don't know who this is for today, but, or whenever you're listening to it, but I just want to let you know, beloved, that it's all good. And I got you. The universe has you. You're good. All right. So thank you for letting me say that. Let's get into this. So how to show up daily. So first, Let's get a good understanding of what we're all talking about when we talk about showing up daily. You see, showing up daily may be something totally different depending on the circumstance or even the person. Showing up daily might just be physically showing up, just being there. Showing up can also be as uh, involved as being engaged, being mentally and emotionally uh, stable enough to shoulder or support the emotional instability of others. It could be simply being prepared when you show up and not being a vapid placeholder in a situation. And so it takes different things to do these types of showing up. But what I'm going to talk about today, well, not but, What I'm going to talk about today is how to just even get engaged to do it and to commit to it. Because if you're like me, you're kind of looking at, is this something I can uh, keep up? And if you're not like me, 
You should be asking that. <laughs> okay. So the one thing that is very evident, I'm just going to get it out the way because there are some other stuff I want to talk about is we all know, I'm not going to say we all know, most of us know that the art of fulfilling a commitment of showing up, being where you say you're going to be and all of that has a lot to do deal with the battle that goes on in the mind. And I have a confession. For me, showing up when I say I'm going to do something is not as hard as showing up when someone else has asked me to show up for them. Yes. Oh, yes. Throughout the years, I have been a culprit of begging off going to events and showing up for this or that. Because even though I do great in crowds, I am not a crowd kind of person. It drains me. And I always can find a way to talk myself out of going somewhere if I am at the least bit able to detect uh, a loophole to do it. And I had to look at myself and understand that the adage is still true. If you want friends, you must first yourself be friendly. And it was during those times that I had to learn some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. And it hurt my soul to have to uh, look at myself in that light because I had, at the time, I always prided myself as being a great friend and, and, you know, being mentally responsible. Yes, because there is a responsibility with your thoughts and all of that. And it wasn't until, and no one called me out on it. That's the whole thing. It wasn't until I was doing some introspective work that I realized that I was being a brat. I was being um, presumptuous that everybody would understand and that uh, they know my heart, they know my intentions, but it wasn't my intentions as much as it was my impact on what I was doing. Oh, let me say that one again. (laughs) It wasn't my intentions as much as it was my impact that people were experiencing. And I had to say, enough is enough, Michelle. And so one of the biggest things that I had to fess up to and start addressing was the inner talk. Yes, the inner talk. Um, There is uh, this song and it's just popped into my mind. So I'm not prepared uh, to tell you about it. All I know is that it's by uh, Titus Titus Burgess, um, the actor and Broadway star. And it's from... um, a show, um, excuse me, not a show, excuse me, an album that he did recently. And it's a beautiful song, but the imagery of his video is what really gets me. Oh, yes. That imagery is so amazing. And I, I wish I could give proper attribution to the song, but just look up his um, songs uh, from his latest album. And... Uh, it uh, Need to Love, I think is the name of the song. But anyway, I'm wasting too much time trying to remember that. Uh, but the imagery of the video is what gets me because he stands in front of a dressing window, and a uh, mirror, excuse me, and he tries on shirts and you can see his frustration. And the story is that he is needing to love himself. And you can tell that he's trying to find something presentable enough to wear to go and hang out with friends and stuff. And uh, at, by the end of the song, he has overcome that and has 
finally figured out something to wear and to show him. And once he's there, you can tell that the friends uh, in the scene are happy to see him. And I got so convicted. I didn't get triggered because I had done the work that I've just talked about, but I got so convicted um, when seeing that video. It touched me because I was like, oh my gosh, I was him. I sometimes still am him. And it made me realize that it is the battlefield of our minds that are our biggest um, triumphs or defeats on a daily basis. And when I was thinking about how many times I lost and lost and didn't even realize that I was losing uh, by finding out that clever way to beg off. Oh, I'm not going to come. I'm just going to stay here and all of that. I was like, oh dear, (laughs) dear me. And so I had to look at the fact that showing up daily for me, it's not just about showing up for the stuff that I say I'm going to do, not the stuff that I'm interested in, but showing up daily includes not only that, but the stuff that I want or I need or I should do when others are involved that I love, that I appreciate, that I respect and all of that. And that might not be your case. It might not. But I will say this, that Showing up each day causes us to have to face certain internal uh, deficiencies that we don't really know are there until it's time to put up or shut up. Mm -hmm. Because when it gets to be uncomfortable, when it gets to be a a nuisance, and when it gets to be um, disillusionment, that's when we start to struggle with showing up daily. Okay, so now that I've talked about that little part, I want to talk to you about this whole concept of excitement and disillusionment. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because this is where wisdom has uh, caused me to put some exclamation points and and look at this and pay attention to this kind of thing. And whenever I get that that little nudging in my soul and my spirit to pay attention to that. I'm like, oh, that's a wisdom smack. And this is the thing. And this is not me trying to say that I am all that. This is just me giving observation and praying and hoping that wisdom will have our perfect work in you when you listen to this. And that is that when we show up, whether it's for stuff we said we're going to do or stuff that we're going to do for others, we have to realize that excitement has nothing to do with it. You see, excitement is capricious, wishy-washy, trifling, sometimey happenstance that will have us out here bad if we use it as a tool or an assessment for whether we should do something. And so excitement really doesn't have anything to do with it. And I know that's hard. And the reason why I say it's hard, it might not be hard for you, but it's hard for me and many people like me because of my curiosity. You see, excitement and curiosity are hand in hand because they are directly connected to uh, dopamine, serotonin, uh, uptake inhibitor, not uptake, excuse me, uh, neurotransmitters, and all of these other different chemical processes that give us that feeling of excitement, anticipation, satisfaction, and keeps that cycle going. And so I had to exercise out, excise out excitement when it came to showing up. 
And over the years, I, I have had to work with it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like an Achilles heel for me. I have to keep working on it. Because no matter how much I become aware of showing up, I still have that little tinge of, am I excited? And if I'm excited, it makes me feel, it's easier to show up. If I'm not excited, I'm like, don't dread, don't dread, don't dread, you know? And so it gets to be kind of cuckoo. But what I have done, and this is not an answer, this is just an insight, okay? What I have done for me, and I'm hoping that this will help you, is that I have started to attach a certain amount of personal pride in the perseverance of showing up and feeding that healthy pride, that is, that I show up in spite of of despite, lack of excitement. And in that, the perseverance of showing up outweighs the excitement. And that becomes the new excitement. And and believe it or not, you guys, I'll tell you. So this podcast came out, out uh, of a direct um, challenge from someone because I had a previous podcast. If you Google it, you'll see it. I had a previous podcast and I had been saying, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast. And I had been had people asking for another podcast. And I even, you know, did a kind of like psych out. I'm doing one and I didn't do it. And so this was just like, you know, be of your word and do it. And it was immediately, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to do this? Because I know me. I know once I, once the curiosity and the newness is over, I'm ready to move to something else. And I'll say this, that I am still not disillusioned with doing this every day. And I believe it is because of those years of starting to exchange the well-being of perseverance instead of the indicator of excitement to get me engaged and get me going in what I'm doing. But you know what? This is not about me. I'm just hoping that this will help you to to see how um, you can show up daily. So let's turn this a little bit because it's really about you. Come on, let's face it. You You tune in because... There is something that hopefully this practical priestess of of wisdom can minister unto you, support, uplift you, okay? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just talk with you really quickly about um, a a soul that I admired uh, for his great teachings. And that is the late, great uh, martial artist, uh, philosopher, and all-around wisdom teacher, Bruce Lee. And he, on talking about showing up, this is what he said. He said, to show up, uh, you first must research you. And to research you is to research your own experiences. So many times I have had the privilege of working with people and getting them to do deep work, deep training like this. And when we get to the part of them researching their own experiences, they have found that there was a disconnect or a distance or even a distortion 
of their take or their ability to recall or their ability to learn from and be objective about their own experience. And when we found out, I mean, when we would find that, a lot of times it would have to do with how they view their world, their environment. And I've talked about this before on the podcast numerous times about uh, the locus of focus, whether it is external or internal. And usually what I found is when you're trying to show up, trying to uh, be engaged daily, and you do these steps that Bruce Lee is talking about, number one, researching your own experience, those who had an external locus of focus, meaning that they had an adversarial, uh, not adversarial, don't let me say that, they had a um, hierarchical understanding of the world, meaning that they have no say-so in what happens to them and that it's fate, you know, what's to be, will be. And so, yeah. Uh, I can't stop it from happening. And that outward push or that external uh, looking at your environment, I realized that we had to go back in and do some ego strengthening. And we had to do a lot of different things to help people to reconnect and own their past experiences as their own so that they would be able to uh, have more say-so and more agency in the game. And so that was something that I was not uh, expecting when uh, I was doing um, some of our our deep training um, seminars and um, retreats. And it was just, it was a deep thing to research your own experience, to learn from the archives of what you've gone through, to be able to start teaching yourself how to be more objective and less critical. Yeah. And less critical of of how you handle something and what you did and to not glamorize it through rose colored glasses of what happened and who was the, the victor, the victim, the hero and the coward and all of these things. And so that was a big eye opener. And so when I researched my own experience, a lot of times to gain some wisdom, get some insights, or look at things from a different angle, I am now mindful that because I'm a locus of focus internal person, that I can use that to my advantage. And if you don't remember, uh, when you have an internal focus of locus of focus, you believe that you make your destiny, you make your way and that you work hard. And if something happens that is out of your control, that's fine, but that's not going to keep you from continuing to work toward what it is you want. Okay. So the next thing, and it's only four things uh, from how Bruce Lee uh, talked about this. He was a brilliant man. And he talked about this, these next two things I absolutely love. And I'm going to, I do, I think I'm going to expand a podcast on them because they're so powerful. And you guys know, I love flow. I love patterns. I love yin yang. I love duality. And these are duality. And he said, once you have researched your own experience to glean personal wisdom, you need to absorb what is useful and reject what is useless. And Looking at that from the surface before doing the exercise, I was like, oh, I know what that means. Oh, yeah, definitely know what that means. Um, keep the good, get rid of the bad. But as I go through this little four-step process 
to try to continue to hone my sense of self, expand my awareness and um, become the best master at being Michelle than I can be, observe, absorbing what is useful. Oh my gosh, it is usually it's not what I expect it to be. When I go through and I look in hindsight, um, yeah, like I'll give y'all an instance. So there was a, a situation where I was trying to make a change and I was hitting a, a, a psychic roadblock. And when I went through this to research my experiences, absorb what's useful, reject what's useless, I found that I was having a roadblock because I had gotten into a chasm of self-pity. Mm-hmm. I had gotten into self-pity and a bit of victimhood, which was like, oh, wow, really? You know, the woe is me. Now, I wasn't saying nobody has it as bad as I do, but it was kind of like the woe is me. Will I ever get out of this? Oh, dear, dear me. And you would think that that would be what I would reject as the useless, right? But when I looked at it, I was like, why would I? behave like this because it was something new and different. And the um, the tip off that it was different was because I was getting a different interaction from people who had known me all our lives. And I'm like, why are they treating me like that? And it was once I realized that it was that uh, seed of self-pity and self-doubt that I had to weed out. Oh my gosh, so much happened. And absorbing what was useful I absorbed the fact that I am not immune to any malady. And this was my big aha. This happened a a while ago. But my big aha was this, that anyone is capable of anything given the right conditions for them to fall into that. And so I had to realize that what was useful for me was uh, humility to never think that I'm not capable of anything good or bad. And to reject the useless in that situation was to reject a false sense of self that made me uh, arrogant, made me egotistical, and uh, made me cloudy to the reality of our, our our capacity as humans. And it was it was very humbling. It was uh but very, very useful to go through that. And so the fourth part of this little model of how to keep showing up that Bruce Lee gave was to add what is specifically your own. And for me in that situation, I added a new manifesto and power statement. I've talked about that um, a lot. And the reason why I'm really harping on it right now is because I'm I'm currently updating it because it's I'm a new person and I need updated powerful um power statements and my manifesto that give that continue to give me clarity and give me um a a straight path to my Polaris, to my North Star, so that I don't get waylaid and um, off my my game when other people have something um, that they're trying to do or something that seems exciting. And so to add what was specifically my own was that I was going to make certain that I did a personal scan looking for those things that I would never expect myself to to be or to do. You know, basically I made a new contract to be like any time, any way, you could possibly be caught slipping and to never think that 
you're going to be fine unattended. There is a lady that I like to give a shout out to. Her name is Brian, excuse me, Byron Katie. And she has this quintessential work called The Work. And she came about it when she had fallen into a deep depression of being in the bed. And I can tell you, I know exactly what that is. And during that time, uh, her family couldn't help her. No one could help her, but she had to help herself. And for her to keep showing up, she finally got to the realization that she could not outsource her uh, journey back from the abyss and that she had to do the work. She had to reframe things and she had to understand how powerful we are. And there is this little part in there and I'm not because I'm not going to take her information um, that, you know, she's worthy of her hire. And uh, so, you know, you have to anyway, check her out, uh, Byron Katie. And uh, but there's this little part where it talked about needs and wants. And in the work, it talks about understanding what you truly need and what you just want. And one of the areas for me that was huge and continues to be something that I think is just part of what I'm working through here is income and provision. And I had to and continue to have to work through understanding that I want money, I want income, but I need health. I need air to breathe, water and shelter. And understanding the differences between those made a big deal. And why? Because you might be saying, yes, you need money. No, no, no. You need provision. Money is simply a tool for all the stuff you really do need. And for me, that was important because I found that when I was younger and, and doing this work, I only wanted to show up if I could trace it back to my need for money. Uh, And I was like, oh my gosh, I even caught myself when I was younger. I'm not doing that. Nobody's paying me for that. And I was like, you are just a bratty little something, aren't you? (laughs) So I was like, wow, that's amazing. And that brings me to this this next thing that I want to say uh, is that we have to be careful. Usually it's easier for me to say something like, be careful of poisonous people around you. But instead, I want to say, be careful of the poison that you can self-inflict. You know, you have to learn how to discover when the flow is being corrupted, when the flow is off, and when the flow needs to be cleansed. Just like we wash our bodies, our clothing, and our cars, our houses, and all of that stuff, we have to do it more so from the inside out, we have to take mental baths, spiritual and emotional baths. We have to rehabilitate and exercise. That's why I am a wisdom and mental strengthening coach, because just like you join a, um, a boot camp to strengthen your body and get in shape, you can have a flabby mind. Dr. Amen has a whole book that talks about what happens to the mind when you don't do what you're supposed to, to keep it mentally strong, when you don't eat right, when you don't sleep right, and when you don't use it. And he talks about how you can become this person that has the equivalent of a dinosaur's brain, because dinosaurs had huge bodies and little little bitty brains. And he's like, you can do that. And that is part of the poison. I've talked about the poison in the cookies before. And 
a lot of what we do, if we are unaware or if we are caught slipping, is self-inflicted. And for whatever it is, understand that there is a moderation, understand that there is a balance and there is a sweet spot. There's that part where you get into your pocket and that is going to be the best for you. That's your just right. That's your Goldilocks portion. And it's going to be different from the next person. One size does not fit all. And so being able to understand when you are either producing or allowing the poison to come in, yeah, that's going to be it. Um, I uh, had a uh, client uh, recently, yeah, because uh, this is the beginning of the year. I had a client recently and when it came down to it, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to just give you this, but I don't think that our time together, you would get to this point because you know they weren't able to do the process and the work with me um, you know, for how long it was going to take. And so I just cut to the chase and I was like, for you, you need to keep showing up daily for yourself. And you need to stop bypassing your sense of self and living vicariously through others. You see, the person was addicted to online uh, drama and personality. This person had very strong parasocial uh, ties to people that they never met. They were team this and team that. They would gladly tell you, I'll cut you over this person. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's a bit much. And it was starting to show up as poison in the cookies of their life because they were not only having interpersonal relationship issues with people they knew, but there was a certain amount of detachment, apathy, yes, and and uh, drifting going on because they were losing touch with how to show up for themselves, how to connect for themselves. And so... In my last few minutes, I want to talk about when you're trying to show up is equivalent to achieving big things in your life. So many times we are so outwardly focused looking for these goals that we want that we don't realize that the biggest thing we will do is be there for ourselves and be there for our friends, but be there for ourselves is a big one. And I want to say this, that anything you do is going to be revealed in your process. And if you find that you don't have a process to show up for yourself, you are sunk because it's a big deal. And um, anything that you do that's a big deal, you want to do it in a way that it will be, um, it it will be successful. And I, I'm sorry, you guys, my mind is uh, trying to make the shift back because all week I've been working with a corporate client. And so my mind has been on agile, Six Sigma, lean management and that kind of stuff. And so my mind immediately made these notes of looking at it as a project management. And I'll go on and say this, that um, anything you want to do is always going to be revealed and resolved in your process, whether it's for a project or whether you're the project. You see, after you decide that you want to do this big thing, showing up for yourself, being there for yourself, you need to figure out what your process is. And you need to make sure that you understand your process because your process is going to sink you or it's going to make you. Remember, Byron Katie talks about doing the work. That's part of the process that she teaches. And uh, remember how we've talked about fight those inner critics, fight disillusionment, go back and exchange excitement for perseverance and don't allow yourself to get poisoned 
whether it is you doing it or somebody else. And as good Bruce Lee said, research your own experience, absorb what's useful, reject what's useless, and add what specifically is your own. So guess what, y'all? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with another podcast of Wisdom's Mac. Don't forget to check the show notes, and I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.